With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It's four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. Eastern time here on the East Coast of the United States on Wednesday night. And you know what day and time it is wherever you're listening to the Steve Malzberg show. We have so much breaking news today that if we had four hours like I used to have back at WABC, um, we'd probably get it all covered. OK, but let me let me just start with I mean, there's the House approved an, an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden uh, that passed along party lines. A resolution was passed against the uh, anti-Semitism on college campuses. You had uh, over 100 Democrats voted no on that. Uh, what else do we have? A judge in, in one of uh, Donald Trump's trials, uh, the one that, where he tried, they say he tried to fix the election, has temporarily postponed things, put things on hold, pending the Supreme Court, uh, taking up a case that was presented by Jack Smith, uh, questioning whether or not the um, the president can be uh, can be held responsible for any illegalities, alleged illegalities that he committed as president. Uh, so she said, that until that's settled, we're, we're stopping. It hasn't started yet. It was supposed to start early March. It still could, but we don't know. And on top of all that, you had Hunter Biden participating in a circus event. Praised by the Democrats, praised by the White House, probably praised. Well, daddy approved it, according to the White House. And what this, you know, accused lawbreaker has done was add to his list as he um, decided to um uh, you know, just defy the House Oversight Committee's subpoena to testify behind closed doors, which he was supposed to do. He was supposed to do that earlier today. But instead, somebody had the ingenious idea. See, he had previously said, I'll testify publicly before a committee in public. People could hear it. People could see it. But I'm not going to go behind closed doors and give a deposition. Well, you don't get to pick that. Who the hell do you think you are? You don't get to decide that. So now he's in defiance. He's in contempt, apparently, you know, and, and, and they're going to pursue, apparently, contempt charges for defying the subpoena. Because you can't make the rules. OK, Hunter, you can't make the rules. So what did he do? So he had instead of showing up and going to the the behind closed doors where he probably would have taken the fifth, who the hell knows. Um, he holds a press conference out in front of the Capitol and gives a speech and blames the Republicans and Trump and bah, 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 my poor father. Um, and that's what he did. Oh, and the media loved it. How ingenious. Oh, and the Democrats praised him. Why didn't they let him come in before the committee in open session? Because that wasn't what they wanted him to do. You don't get to pick. Democrats don't get to pick. They're not in power in the House. Hunter certainly doesn't get to pick. I mean, why didn't they? They did what they did. Now you have to follow the law and comply. You don't comply. 
you'll be held in contempt and see what the penalty is for that. <laughs> so let me present to you um, Hunter Biden. You have a number of cuts from him. I mean, this was this is just incredible, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just it's it's spitting in the face of 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 his responsibility under the law, spitting in the face of the U.S. Congress. Why not? Why not? He spit in everybody else's face. So here's cut one fifty four. Good morning. I'm here today to answer at a public hearing. Any legitimate questions Chairman Comer and the House Oversight Committee may have for me. I'm here today to make sure that the House Committee's illegitimate investigations of my family do not proceed on distortions, manipulated evidence, and lies. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. For that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. But I'm also here today to correct how the MAGA right has portrayed me for their political purposes. The MAGA right. Oh, it's their fault. And my first point, when he says, good morning, I'm here to testify before an open committee. No, you're not. In your warped, sick, twisted mind and that of your lawyers and, and your father and the people who are egging you on for this, you are. But you weren't there to testify before an open committee. You might say, I'm here because I want to testify before an open committee. You are there to testify behind closed doors according to a subpoena. Good morning. I'm here to testify before. No, you're not. This is just, again, this is the insanity that has become the United States of America. Just make it up. Say the sky is green, the, the, uh, the grass is blue. Make it up. Change the definition of marriage, of racism, of, of, of whatever, woman, man, and just change everything. Yeah, I'm here for this. No, you're not here. No, sorry. Sorry. And when you're held in contempt, you'll, you'll understand you weren't here to testify before an open hearing. You wanted to, but you don't get to pick. So sorry. Uh, here's cut 155. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed door session, session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They have ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine, shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. <laughs> yeah, but you belong in the closed door hearing that you alluded to in the beginning of that cut. You might be here, but you don't belong there. You're spitting in the face of Congress. You're spitting in the face of the institution of our, of our government that your father, supposedly you would think 
someone who served in Congress for all those years would have a problem with. But apparently he doesn't. Apparently he doesn't. Um, I don't know anybody who's mocked his recovery. I think we've saw the laptop. And I think speaks for itself pretty much. I think we've heard the charges against you, whether it's the gun charges, lying on a gun application, whether it's the tax evasion, not paying, and what you spent your money on, which is your business if it's legal money and and it and you weren't, you know, and you didn't have to pay taxes on it and you, you know, when you had it, you could do what you want. You get as many escorts, porn, whatever you want. But it really, you don't really have to go far to 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 kind of mock you. I think any public figure in your position would be mocked. And I know. And he said this earlier tonight on Fox, that if this was Eric Trump, are you kidding? DOJ or somebody, I don't know who, they would have sent the sergeant of arms from, sergeant at arms from the house out to the street to arrest him. I'm telling you, he would have been rotten right now in the in the con- congressional jail cell, wherever the hell that is. But because he's Hunter Biden and he's a Democrat, blah, 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 blah. Whoa, this was a brilliant move. Here is um, cut 156. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. artist. During my battle with addiction, my parents were there for me. They literally saved my life. They helped me in ways that I will never be able to repay. And of course, they would never expect me to. Oh. <laughs> and in the depths of my addiction, I was extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. <laughs> Hunter Biden talking about shameless. Everybody has picked up on this. I'm no genius. He said in that cut, my father was never financially involved. They say that this is the first time that language has ever been used. Financially involved in my business. How much other ways was he involved? What about the meetings, allegedly, at the, the Oval Office, here, there, restaurants, on the phone? How much? How, how else was he involved? My father was never financially involved. Everybody is saying that's a key add-on. Never said it before. It's never been the case. The White House has never claimed that language before, used that language before. So that's something to take note of, okay? Something to take note of. Um, look, the guy was addicted to drugs. I understand that. I mean, I don't understand it, but I, 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 you know, I sympathize with him. I empathize with him. I've never, thank God, had that problem. I've never had a family member that I know of that that has had that problem. I, as far as I know, I haven't had any friends that have had that problem. But that's not the point. Good for him. He turned his life around. Doesn't excuse you. There's nothing in the law. 
that I know of that says if you're addicted to drugs, you don't have to file your income tax. You could you could make all these millions of dollars, so you must be doing something, right? A legitimate business, right? Um, so shouldn't you be able to file taxes? You're applying for a gun. You're going to lie on the gun. Oh, the drugs did it. That, it. That doesn't really work that way. I don't think. I know it wouldn't work that way for Eric or Donald Trump, uh, uh, Donald Jr. Here's cut 157. There's no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners, and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. You know, I mean, look, they've lied. They've lied. They've lied. I'm not saying he's lied. Again, accused of lying on a gun application, accused of not paying his taxes, you know, and, and and Republicans and MAGA, it's the same crap. It's his father's crap. But, you know, the stuff, whoever writes for his father, as Joe Biden reads it, writing for him, same crap. Republicans did it. Ah, oh, the Republicans filled out your gun application. The Republicans filled out your taxes or didn't. The Republicans told you not to, uh, to to adhere and honor the subpoena from the Congress today and to show up outside and give some uh, cockamamie whatever. Republicans did that. MAGA did that. They lie. They cheat. They steal. You, I'm just a recovered addict. A victim of lies, a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. And by the way, so is Daddy Joe. We'll get to that. He'll get to that. Here's 158. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me, and presented it as darkness. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. Yeah, so... Five-year investigation. It took the Justice Department five years to get to get you on the taxes, right? I I, I, don't, I don't I don't get the point. But again, his father, his father. Um, the other day, he said that they were trying. He gave an interview to somebody, and he said that they're trying to kill him. He said he. This is Hunter said they're trying to kill me, and and therefore destroy my father, who wouldn't be able to go on if they you know if that were to happen. So you know again. 
victimhood, turning this upside down and around, and to be applauded by members of Congress, to be applauded by the White House for this, 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 this little circus act here? Wow. Wow. And of course, the media. Of course, the media. All right. Here's uh, one more from Hunter Biden. Cut 159. Yet here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer when you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. <laughs> Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. You're not. No, again, again, I'm here to testify at an open hearing. No, no, you're not. You're there to make a fool of yourself to anybody with the brain. You're there to defy and spit in the in the uh, in the face of law and procedure and our government. And you're not there for that purpose. You, you again, this is so insane. Your subpoena, it's like imagine getting a subpoena in the mail. All right, all right, let's let's simplify it. I mean, I know you under everybody understands what he did, but let's just simplify it. I haven't even thought this through yet. Let's say you get a note for jury duty. Okay? You got a notice for jury duty. Now, this is much more serious, but you got a notice for jury duty. Well, you show up and you determine that uh I don't even know that if you're going to be going into jury duty, that you have to be able to uh, eat while you're on the jury. You have to have your lunch with you. And they say, no. So you say, well, then I'm not serving. I'm, I'll do jury duty, but I got to have my lunch with me. I mean, it, it, that's a bad, but it's just so, so insane. This is wrong on every level. There's no excuse for it. There's no justifying it. Oh, oh, but there is. Oh, there are and there is because the left is capable of anything. Let's go to uh, NB MSNBC. Uh, this is um, this is R Ryan Nobles. He's a legal guy on MSNBC. Here's 161. There's no doubt that this was a pretty dramatic uh, public relations effort by Hunter Biden to, to show that he was here and ready to answer questions uh, from the Oversight Committee and in their investigation uh, into his father and his business dealings and whether or not the two are connected. Uh, but to be clear, that's not what the committee was looking for today. They had asked him to appear under subpoena in a closed door deposition to answer their questions uh, about his business dealings and whether or not they connect to his father. And they said at some point later, they would be willing to allow him to testify publicly. And so this was an effort by Hunter Biden to show that he has nothing to hide, that he's willing to answer those questions. Uh, but it's probably not going to move House Republicans, who, as you rightly point out, are prepared to vote on an impeachment inquiry later today. And have said that if Hunter Biden did not appear uh, for that deposition, which was taking uh, place in a completely different part of the Capitol campus than where I'm standing right now, uh, that they would be prepared to move to contempt of Congress charges Ryan, against him. 
Yeah, no, no, this is a PR stunt. Yeah, it was a PR stunt. It was a PR stunt in violation and and he, he, trying to get make the point that he's here. He's ready to answer questions before. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not ready to answer the questions. Again, you can't make the freaking rules. If he was ready to answer the questions, he wouldn't have been out there. He would have been answering the questions. He alluded to the fact that they were behind closed doors in session. He knew where they were. He knew where to go. He knew how to get there. He was not ready to answer their questions. So instead, he pulled this. And I can't wait for the contempt charges to be filed. I can't wait for the repercussions of those contempt charges. I don't even know what they are. I don't even know what they are. Uh, let's move on to uh, Ana Cabrera, also on MSNBC, with a White House reaction. Hmm, who would that be? Oh, the president's people. Ah, the president who's the father of Hunter. Got it. Here's 162. I want to bring in NBC's Mike Memoli. Mike, what are we learning about the reaction from the White House? Well, and it's so interesting because really within minutes of that, as you say, dramatic statement on Capitol Hill from Hunter Biden, uh, an administration official tells me that the view of the White House is that this was a forceful and powerful statement on part of the president's son. That's notable because we've largely had a hands-off approach as it relates to the White House itself, as it relates to Hunter Biden's legal woes. They've tended to refer questions uh, just about anything related to his uh, the potential impeachment inquiry and his own legal struggles to his own personal attorneys or to the office of the special counsel. And so it is interesting to note that. Now, uh, the multiple officials are, are not saying whether President Biden himself watched his son's statement. This would have occurred just before the president was scheduled to have the presidential daily briefing in the Oval Office. We are also hearing, though, from the Biden campaign as the House is prepared to move ahead with a vote on an impeachment inquiry, a campaign spokesperson saying that the House Republicans are doing following the orders of Donald Trump. Let's <laughs> see all comes back to Donald Trump. It all comes back to Donald Trump. He's responsible for this. He signed Hunter's gun thing. He was the one who was in on those meetings with Hunter's business associates. He's the one uh, that uh, maybe got uh, illegal payments from Ukraine or whatever bribes, according to whistleblowers. Or He's the one. Donald Trump did it. <laughs> Again, you can't. Well, of course, you can make it up because it's predictable. It's predictable is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. I want to get a couple more, then we'll move on and we'll bring in a, we'll change the topic and we'll bring on uh, Mark Morano, who you all know and love uh, here on TNT. Uh, so let, let's move on to Jim Jordan, who is the House Judiciary Chairman reacting to all this. And here is cut 163. One hour ago, I think the biggest takeaway was the statement from Mr. Biden, where he said my father was not financially involved in the business. That is a huge change which means, sort of means he's involved. I think that's how anyone with common sense would read it. He's been involved, just not financially. That is a huge departure from everything they've said now for the last three and a half years. So as the chairman pointed out, the White House's story has changed multiple times. The Justice Department uh, story has changed multiple times on how they handle this investigation. But the story that hasn't changed, the testimony that has been consistent and stood up to cross-examination is the two whistleblowers. Their story has not changed. And frankly, it's been buttressed and reinforced by every we've done eight different depositions of people involved in the investigation at the Justice Department, the Hunter Biden investigation, and none of them have refuted what those guys say. So over time, it just keeps changing from the White House. And this this statement today, I think, is is 
the biggest news of, of the morning, I guess, along with the fact that he didn't show up, which he's supposed to do. Yeah. Financial. Never had any. Uh, it was never financially involved. Fox News uh, legal analyst Kerry Kupek uh, reacting to that Jim Jordan bite that you just heard. I didn't play it for her. Fox did. Uh, and here is cut 164. It was very intentional in that statement to say not financially involved. And remember, Bill and Dana and everyone on this panel, we all know that a statement like that um, requires a lot of lawyers looking at it. There were there. I'm sure the White House, there was some conversation between what was going to be in that. Lots of eyeballs on that. So every single word in a statement like that is very deliberately and carefully chosen. So the fact that he chose to characterize his father's involvement as not financial, I think, says a lot. And if, mm -hmm. if anything, I think uh, Hunter may have won the hour by getting out of de being deposed right now. But Joe lost with that statement because I think it's indication that the committee should go forward and say, OK, well, what involvement exactly was there? Yep. And that's uh, that's that's what they're going to do. I mean, it makes sense. OK, folks. Um, there was a little climate summit you might have heard about for, uh, in Dubai and uh, our own, our own. It reminds me of, uh, I might have told this story once before here, Warner Wolf, great, famous, very popular for decades in New York, sportscaster. And he was on Channel 7, then he went to Channel 2, ABC to CBS, local, local. And, and, and one time, Michelle Marsh, the Channel 2 anchor, said, and now here's our own Warner Wolf. And he said, hey! I'm not your own. That oh, just just always, and he laughed, always stuck in my head. I don't know why that's my head. All right, folks, uh, we will come back. Steve Malsberg, we are right here on TNT. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing, nurturing, rescuing, honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life and as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, 
May your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you back and I welcome in uh, uh, a voice and a face and a name that you're very familiar with, of course, here on on TNT, uh, a man who was uh, instrumental in uh, hooking me up, uh, putting me in touch with the folks here at, uh, at TNT. And I'll always be thankful for that. Mark Morano, ClimateDepot.com and host of Unleashed with Mark Morano, which airs, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday uh, here on TNT. Mark, howdy. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here, Steve. Thank you very much. And I don't think I've I don't think I've ever said howdy to a guest before, and I have no clue why I said it to you. It's not like you're in Texas <laughs> or you're a cowboy. I don't know why. Nonetheless, all right. So you are you're 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 back. You were at the climate. I'll call it fiasco. Uh, you could correctly identify it, and and that was in Dubai. And first of all, the hypocrisy, kind of the the the, the climate people weren't happy that it was in Dubai uh, because they're pushing for oil. Uh, so that didn't make sense. But neither does having Iran as the head of the Human Rights Council of the United Nations make sense. So <laughs> yes. you know, what can I say? So tell us what you did, how long, where you went, what was going on, because you covered it magnificently. Well, thanks. Yeah, I was there for over a week in Dubai, which, by the way, amazing city. Uh, it's almost as if <clears throat> they've embraced unbridled development. Architecture spectacular. There's no homeless encampments. There's no open air drug markets. There's no graffiti. There's no crime. People would leave their cell phones and then go off to the beach and walk away. I mean, I was really impressed. The architecture, the tallest building in the world. I got a chance to go up that. So, it was ironic. They picked United Arab Emirates. The Sultan Al-Jabbar uh, opened up the conference by saying, and accurately, by the way, Steve, that there was no science to support the UN's goals of phasing out fossil fuels and this 1.5 degree temperature. And of course, he was hit immediately, uh, attacked. But he was actually right, because if you go back to the ClimateGate emails of 2009, top UN scientists were caught revealing in emails to each other that it was literally pulled from thin air, this idea of a 1.5 or two degree temperature goal. There's no science to support it. It's just a political goal and everyone's coalescing around it though. We have to listen to the science. Sadly, this uh, Sultan in uh, United Arab Emirates ended up backing away, but it turned out our greatest champion for what for what should be the American agenda was actually Saudi Arabia. They were the ones pushing back against all the nonsense about phasing out fossil fuels, which is 80 percent of global energy, 80 percent of U.S. energy. And so it became a weird mix where we were cheering on OPEC nations to stand for the United States because the U.S. delegation sure as hell wasn't. We had Kamala Harris pledging billions of dollars to, to the U.N. Climate Fund, which would go to to give to African dictators and South American uh, socialists, the country would give money to the leaders best able to keep their people locked in poverty and restricting their development. And then you had John Kerry and Al Gore show up. And of course, their whole message was, we're going to end coal. We're going to end natural gas. We're going to end fossil fuels. Uh, and it was just insane. They also, continuing on, they had a whole week of fashion shows, sustainable clothing. I interviewed the the fashion maven there, 
Uh, and she, I asked her about the three new items of clothing per person per year limit proposed by Mayor oh. Bloomberg Climate Report with the blessing of Google and Ikea. And they said, well, that depends on what kind of clothes. If you buy organic hemp, hey, you can get more than three items of clothing. Or if you get cockroach-based <laughs> clothing, but don't try to buy <laughs> wool or synthetic clothing because that ain't going to happen. You know, we're, I'm laughing, but if these people ever got their way, and, and that's why every election is so important, and this upcoming one next year is so important, because if they, we continue down this road, we know what they're trying to do with uh, heaters and stoves and, and cars and air conditioners and everything else. They're out of their minds. Let me ask you about this. Um, uh, there's a story today that uh, that uh, the uh, – the summit reached a uh, conclusion, an agreement where instead of saying phasing out, fa phasing away, whatever, they've come up with the wording 200 countries agree to transitioning away from fossil fuels. Uh, is there any, what, what do you see as the significance to that language as opposed to what it's been in the past and what it could have been? Well, I'll tell you, Facebook's going to have to come up with a whole bunch of new pronouns to describe this energy transition. I actually think the gender transition is easier to make than the, <laughs> than the energy transition the UN is pushing. This is just boilerplate nonsense, but it tells you where their head is. I mean, this is a utopian vision of absolute delusion. There's no realm of reality, common sense, engineering, science, or data that would make any sense talking about this. It's just... People mouthing off a utopia. I I want a nuclear free world. I want a I want a, a fossil fuel free. It's meaningless. And these countries agree to these. They're not binding. But what's significant here is you have all the corporations show up. You have the World Economic Forum. You have the World Health Organization. And even though these statements are gibberish and nonsense, the bottom line is. There's corporate government collusion going on both here and at the World Economic Forum. This is what sets the standard for ESG. They're just basically trying to restrict and ration fossil fuel energy to raise the cost. And they want to put them and themselves in charge of being managing all of our global energy supply. So that's where the danger is. But I mean, the UN Chief Secretary, um, UN Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez, actually was the former president of Socialist International. You don't hear about that very often, but that's where he came from this job. But Socialist International, so we're supposed to be, and Joe Biden's referred to him before as the UN top scientist. That No, he's a socialist <laughs> bureaucrat. Uh, but he actually uh, said, we have no choice. It's inevitable that fossil fuels are ending. So I had my headline today at Climate Depot, hug your children, the era of fossil fuels <laughs> ending. They're taking it all away. Frightening stuff. By the way, same week this is going on, CNN, in the lead up to this conference, has a big article, CNN Travel, Carbon Passports Necessary for People to Fly to Meet Net Zero Climate Goals. CNN oh, is promoting the idea God. of massively restricted travel where you have to apply, government bureaucrats keep track of your travel, and you can only be limited to certain number of flights. France has already banned, by the way, earlier this year, flights of two and a half hours or less. We've already got the, the gas-powered car bans. This is some scary leap going yes. on at, at this stuff. Yes. So we can laugh and talk about the wackiness and hypocrisy, but they're actually winning in many important ways. They're advancing this agenda.
that's that's what's so scary as i alluded to earlier i mean at least in this country uh we have to make sure the right people are in power why the heck the republicans don't make a move to defund john kerry's uh position i don't know 17 but let's, million, let's get to 17 million dollar position appointed non-elected bureaucrat not even approved by the senate 17 million dollars he gallivants around on his private jet and he did fly a private jet the uk foreign secretary richie rich the prime minister richie sunak and King Charles all came from the UK, all flew in three separate <laughs> private jets. How is that for eliminating oh fossil God. fuels? I don't see the fossil fuels being eliminated there. But I got to tell you, it's it's not John Kerry's private jet. It's his wife's. Is, um, That's right. He doesn't own a private that, jet. Right? His wife does. Right. Yes. He doesn't own it. His wife does. Okay. Let's look. Let's go to Bill Gates for a second. And this is about cows. Okay, Gates is big, you know, Gates is on, I don't have to tell you, like on this anti-farming stuff and wants to stop farmers uh, from feeding us, basically. Uh, here's uh, here's cut number uh, 169. The same thing for uh, the agricultural sector. You know, beef, can you, and now I, I see two very amazing approaches by improving the cow breeding and giving them some other inputs we can reduce their methane emissions. And this new prioritization of the methane work, uh, I applaud that because in terms of the near-term temperature increase, methane plays a, a very big role. Okay, so of, of course he's talking about cow farts. I I would assume, uh, yeah, but yeah, you you know more about him. You know more about him than I do in his effort to 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 buy up farmland and 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 you know buy out farmers and all again more dangerous stuff. Yeah. Okay. Here's the story with that. What he's talking about there specifically is this global war on methane, which by the way scientists actually say it's the irrelevant greenhouse gas. It does not cause the warming that they claim it does. And by the way, agriculture has been around for thousands of years. Suddenly in the year 2023, we can't tolerate it. We have to have the United Nations and bureaucrats come in and revamp it and control every aspect. Bill Gates, according to NBC News, a few years ago became America's largest single farmland owner, just edging out China. Since that time, I was surprised to learn that Jeff Bezos of the Washington Post and Amazon fame is now one of the largest single farmland owners in the U.S. What is with China, billionaires, corporate agriculture? It's very simple. Bill Gates' stated goal, and he told this to MIT Technology Review, is to have synthetic beef. The entire Western world eats synthetic beef. Bill Gates, along with Richard Branson, how about that, another billionaire, investing billions in lab-grown meat. And lab-grown meat is literally stem cells from a cow, calf, pig, mixed with fetal blood, put into a Petri dish, and then thrown into a steel vat, fester for a while, no eyes, no brain, no, uh, you know, no actual, uh, uh, you know, head or anything in there, no bone structure, an amorphous blob like invasion of the body snatchers, and oh then they put and bacteria, antibiotics, and then guess what? And the World Economic Forum loves this. You print up this meat on a 3D printer when you're done, oh. and it really oh. looks like meat. And it is technically genetically meat because it's from the stem cells from an actual, you know, right. cow, some other animal. So that's literally what Bill Gates said. He wants the entire Western world eating fake meat. And that's his stated <laughs> So he has, here's the thing, as America's number one farmland owner, guess what happened? The FDA has now approved, first, I think it's a ch lab-grown chicken for human consumption. First time in our history. It pays to be a billionaire with connections. You can start getting stuff through the federal bureaucracy. 
All right. We're, we're talking to Mark Morano of ClimateDepot.com. And also, of course, right here on TNT, his new show at 1 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. All right, let's go to John Kerry. Um, yes. <laughs> and here is cut 170. We're going to be transitioning out of coal. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. And the reality is that we're not doing it. So, um, you know, the measure here is is really uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And, and the reality is that um, the climate crisis and the health crisis are one and the same. <laughs> well, a lot to unpack there. First of all, the U.S. is the Saudi Arabia of coal. Coal is not going anywhere. You know, Europe found that out. They did this whole green agenda, started relying on uh, Russia for oil and gas. And then what happens? They have the Ukraine uh, of war and then the supply chain and then Germany and all these countries start going back to coal. Why is coal so strategic and important? China's building two coal plants a week. China is the world's more than 50 percent of the world's coal. No one. They're not restricting their coal anytime. Coal is important from a national security perspective. Countries that have coal are going to be guaranteed to have relatively cheap, plentiful, and available energy. The problem is if we're not allowed to access that. And when you have buffoons like John Kerry and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden leading your country, it's not accessible. And so we end up begging Venezuela and OPEC and we rely on China for all the rare earth mining. It's insane. By the way, China, I went to the pavilion. You have Xi Jinping's face staring down at you at the at the conference. <laughs> he literally, they literally were imploring the summit to go more and more renewable, rely more on renewables and phase out fossil fuels. Gee, China was doing the bidding to make the rest of the world more reliant on China. And that's what they were doing. Yeah. So. I mean, John what, Kerry, what is so to say I'm militant about this and people are dying. Coal has liberated and, and they, more people live than they could ever have killed by any metric you could measure. Fossil fuels have been one of the greatest liberators of mankind. They brought about the industrial revolution with coal. It was coal that's in, in oil that saved the whales because we didn't need the, the whale blubber oil to, to light cities at night. We were starting to rely on coal. It was coal that gave us longer life expectancies, lower infant mortality. It was coal that gave us modern uh, infrastructure and development and economic growth, which lifted people out of poverty, which increased their lifespan. So John Kerry is literally full. Can we curse on TNT? I never got a full answer. Can I curse? <laughs> full. I'm not going to give you an answer. I've heard, I've heard it done, but uh, but okay. you know I'm not going to say. But, but I anyway, think I, 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 to be I, militant I about yeah. absolute nonsense. So yes. I know. Please. I, well, I'm not going to play the next bite. I'm just going to tell you briefly what, what Al Gore said. He was on with Jake Tapper on TNT, uh, uh, on CNN, duh, um, uh, the, uh, last week. And he he was asked about what a Trump term would look like. And somehow he morphed it into a, a mental health crisis in this country, which he <laughs> blames on people worrying about climate change. Yeah, he's right. There are a lot of young kids with anxiety. It's because of Al Gore. It's because of UN officials. It's because of Greta Thunberg, who said, what's the reason to go into school if we have no future? 
Uh, and so what's <laughs> happened is these kids are indoctrinated from kindergarten through college. They're told the world's over and ending. We have 18 kids now, some as young as eight years old, suing the US EPA, the Biden administration, by the way, suing the Biden's EPA for failing to give them a safe climate future and affecting oh, their ordered yeah. liberty. And the examples of this, these kids are claiming that, you know, they have to wait till evening to do their homework because it's too hot during the day because their family can't <laughs> afford air conditioning. Well, gee, why can't their family afford air conditioning? It's baked in the climate agenda that air conditioning is on its way out. The LA Times wants you to go to air conditioner cooling centers during the day via public transit because you can't have individual air conditioners running in your home. By the way, imagine going to an LA, Los Angeles or San Francisco cooling center run by the government. You'd be shoved in there with drug addicts, drug dealers, homeless people to cool off during the day. This is insane. Oh my God. And yeah, there is no climate. Uh, there is no climate crisis and there's no health crisis. There's just an a, a alarmist you know, indoctrination mental health crisis. Yep. And some of these poor yep. kids actually believe it. Yeah. And, and and more indoctrinations as well, which is for another time. Mark Morano, uh, the book, by the way, is um, uh, d d do I have the book? Uh, yeah, yeah, The Great, the great Reset. Reset. Global. Yes. And the permanent uh, and, and the permanent lockdown. And of course, as I said, catch him Monday through Friday right here, 1 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Mark, thank you, my friend, very much. Glad you're back safe. All right. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Take care. Mark Morano, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We have one final segment left. I mean, you believe this crap? You believe everything Mark said was telling you? I mean, it's just it, you know, you tend to like gloss over it, but this is what they're fighting for. This is what they're hoping for. This is what they want to make the law. This is what they want to punish you if you if you stray from it. They're out of their minds. It's like everybody is out of their minds. Whew. Steve Malsberg, one final segment left in the hour right here on TNT. Need a ride? Yeah! Driving with kids is a big responsibility. Hop in and buckle up! So don't sweat the small stuff. You got paint all over our paper! Get the big stuff right instead. What does that mean? Like making sure your kids are in the correct car seat and buckled up for safer travel. That deserves a wiggly wiggly wig. To make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez. And normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. You're listening to The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
All right, folks, welcome back. Steve Malsberg with you. And uh, let's go back uh, a, a little bit to uh, what we were talking about before the great Mark Morano uh, joined us. And um, we uh, pick up here with um, Andrea Mitchell weighing in on Hunter Biden, again, on MSNBC. By the way, she talks so slow and deliberately and uh, just you know you got it she's staying awake it's hard for me to stay awake watching her stay awake if you could follow that here is cut 167. speaking publicly about all of this for the first time i mean he wrote a book but this was really an extraordinary statement today what's the reaction from republicans james comer jim jordan to the fact that he's ignoring a subpoena by the way, Jim Jordan ignored a subpoena. He was, you know, in contempt, really, of Congress for refusing to refusing to testify. Do Republicans have the votes, though, for this impeachment inquiry? We've only heard of one, Ken Buck, saying he wouldn't vote for it. And let's talk about the legal aspects of this. Uh, so, Paul Butler, first to you. The legal implications for Hunter Biden in ignoring a subpoena and I, I misspoke earlier because Jim Jordan ignored the subpoena from the January 6th impeachment committee, but they didn't refer it to DOJ, so he never was in contempt. Yeah, so that was Andrea Mitchell falsely saying that Jim Jordan, uh, who's threatening now to hold uh, Hunter Biden in contempt, that he himself was held in contempt. And then she had to take it back. Somebody probably talked in her little ear and said, no, 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 no. He was not held in contempt because that was never pursued. You know, technicality, if you will. But you got to you, you can't make those accusations and say he was held in contempt when he wasn't. But it's OK because he's a Republican, you know, um, so there. All right. So here's a, a follow up to this. Here's cut. And she's still with a just if you if you if you listen to her voice, you just want to, pet, you know, just nod off. Here's cut 168. And impeachment is supposed to be high crimes and misdemeanors by the president of the United States, not something that his son did. That's exactly right. Before I get to impeachment, let me talk about Hunter Biden here. Sure. What he did today uh, was aggressive, he and his lawyers. It was an aggressive move. It was also the right move. Uh, I would note here that House Republicans have a history of cherry picking things, uh, said in private and then releasing them publicly. Like the video without, of January 6th. Without context, things. right? Without context, um, all in an effort to shape a public narrative. And so um, it was uh, very wise for Hunter Biden to say, if I'm going to testify, I'm going to do so under the bright lights of transparency. I'm going to let the public decide for themselves uh, what, what the reality is. How could it have been the right thing to do? This guy used to work in the current biden department of justice that's how it i'm not kidding that's how it's the right thing to do can you imagine you're subpoenaed by congress you ignore the subpoena you're going to be held in contempt but it's the right thing to do because you the 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 the, the person being subpoenaed has the right to determine what venue he'll participate in <laughs> It's the right thing to do. So do you urge everybody who has a, uh, is subpoenaed by Congress to just nilly, you know, nilly willy or willy nilly, whatever it is, I guess it's willy nilly, nilly willy's his cousin, uh, to just, you know, haphazardly say, oh, no, I don't think so. I'd rather do it the other way. So and hold a press conference. That's the right thing to do. 
What, what planet is this? What country is this? Wow. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to more big news made today. This is David uh, Spurt uh, on Fox News about one of Trump's big cases where he's charged, where he's supposed to have a March, early March trial. Here's cut 165. This is a big deal because Judge Tanya Chutkin, the judge assigned to this case that expected to see this entire trial through with Donald Trump uh, right now has essentially said, I don't have jurisdiction anymore because this case likely is going to become uh, or come before the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uh, has much more authority than a federal district judge in Washington, D.C. So with an order, uh, Judge Chutkin just announced that she's putting this on hold right now. That means she's not going to accept uh, new evidence or new writings or anything else on the public docket. Everything freezes in this case. And Martha, it's significant because it could push back the March 4th trial date. That's one day before Super Tuesday when when you look at the court calendar versus the campaign calendar, Donald Trump's team wants this to be pushed back until after the election. Special counsel Jack Smith's team actually went directly to the Supreme Court earlier this week and asked them to decide whether or not Donald Trump should be protected by presidential immunity. So while this is going to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court is giving Trump's team until next Wednesday uh, to give some sort of response, Judge Chutkin has now said, listen, the Supreme Court is in charge. I'm going to hold off here. But Ultimately, if the Supreme Court does not rule uh, in the former president's favor, it may come right back to Judge Chutkin and we start the process all over again. All over again. Well, look, um, this is going to be huge. Now, I don't know what the timetable is for the Supreme Court on this. I would imagine they're going to fast track it. I don't know exactly what that means, how fast track fast tracked it will be. <laughs> uh, if that's going to be in January, if that's going to be before March, I don't know. Um, and, you know, and, and, and who knows what they'll decide. This is, this is just huge. And again, one day before Super Tuesday is when this trial is supposed to start. One day before Super Tuesday. Just by accident, all coincidence, you know, just be a yeah, former president running for president in the year of the of the election one day before the biggest you know primary election day of the, of the whole year and um it's, it's just a coincidence nothing to see here again every every story i do everything i talk to you about the the, the, the it's crazy it's insane right how this could be happening well, let, let's let's hope that the supreme court brings back a little sanity to all of this that would be um that'd be very nice i think all right folks um we've come to the end of another hour uh don't forget uh, jason oborn is next so keep it right here you could tell your friends you could tell your enemies that tomorrow god willing we'll do it all again right here same time 9 p.m eastern on tnt